So we're in Genesis chapter 3, and it says that God is walking in the cool of the day. And that word in the Hebrew is that the word of the Lord came walking in the, word, in the cool of the day. The Hebrew word is ruach. He came in the ruach of the day, and that word means wind. Translated into Greek, it's pneuma. It's the very same sound that was in the upper room, the sound of a mighty rushing wind, the ruach, the breath of God, the pneuma of God. I believe that something mystically, wonderfully was happening in the garden at that moment, that as God was approaching Adam and Eve, he was coming with a blast, with a presence of his spirit that was going to bring them into a level of anointing in the pneuma of the day, in the spirit of the day, God was coming, the word was coming upon them to bring them revelation and power. That's why it was so important that they were to be present there when he came with that anointing, and they were not present. And so God asked the question, where are you? Now, how many of you know God's omniscient? He knew exactly where they were. But it was a roll call. It was a call to attention. Where are you? He was coming with the pneuma. He was coming with the ruach, with the power to come and anoint and to bless. And he said, here's the appointment. Here's the time. Where are you? And that's the question to the church today. Where are you? Where are you? They were supposed to be there. And Adam said this. He said, we're hiding. We're afraid of you. He said, because we're naked. We're naked before you. And God asks him this question. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were naked? And that is what I want to share with you today. Who told you that? And so many times when you read this verse, you focus on the word naked. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that this was the problem? Who told you that? As a rhetorical question. I don't think it was. I think it was a very specific question emphasizing the who. Who told you that you were naked? So that they would identify who the culprit was. And this is what God wants to do for us he wants you to identify who is telling you these lies. In other words, what, what are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Adam and Eve were not listening to God when he said, don't eat of that fruit. Who told you you were naked? Who told you this and that? Who are we listening to? And in this hour, it is essential that we're paying attention as to who we're listening to. Really important. So uh, I don't know about you, but I, I have found myself as I'm quarantined with me, quarantined with my wife, beautiful, wonderful, love her. The person in the room I'm not necessarily fond of is me. Unless some of you are totally in love with you, and that's another problem I'll be dealing with. But there are a number of voices that we can be listening to, and I believe God is preparing his church for the finest hour. And what he is doing is quarantining us. He's incubating us so that we will get rid of every other voice and tune in on his voice. 
because he's coming with the wind. He's coming with an anointing, with a ruach, with a pneuma for this hour. The word is walking in the garden, uh, calling for his church. Where are you? Because we're listening to too many other voices. And he's saying, who are you listening to? So I'm going to break down this thing real, real easy to you. I mean, come on, look at, uh, you, you've been spending more time on your phone than ever. Listen, phone calls, texts, emails, WhatsApp, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Viber, Line, podcasts, maybe you're old school, books, quotes, memes, TV, YouTube, Internet, radio, listen to family, listen to friends, listen to your neighbors. We're just, we're trying, we're getting so many bits of information. Now, I know that's important. It's important. I'm not telling you to just sit and with your fingers in your ear all day. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is in a spiritual exercise, no matter what you're listening to, have an open channel all the time for the Spirit. In fact, let everything that you're listening to filter through the Spirit of God. When something is on in your doldrums and you're just watching mindlessly something after another after another, pay attention. Be, in fact, offended by things you're hearing. We're no longer offended by that. We'll tolerate the F-bombs. We'll tolerate this language. We'll tolerate the nudity. It's just a show and it's not impacting me. Oh, I pray that you're getting offended. Because all of this has to filter through the Spirit of God. So let's take a look at who we could be listening to. Now, I know I'm going to sound like the church lady, Satan. But anyways, there is Satan there. He is a real enemy. There is a Satan. There is a devil. There is a Lucifer, as his name was. And he's a light bearer. He, he camouflages himself with glitz and light. He was the original rhinestone rock star. It says in Isaiah that all the jewels and beauty and refinement were all over him. He was dressed in sequins. He was made to glisten and be a light bearer. He reflected the glory of God till he thought he could be that glory greater than God. So it's glitz. It's not always bad, dark, evil, but it will lead to that. Sometimes he's such an influencer. Let me help you understand something. He's a liar. He's a liar from the beginning. Just as we hear in the garden when he says, who told you you can't eat of that? He's the father of lies, and all lies are deception and deceiving. So you're not going to be aware of it immediately unless you are filled with the truth. If you're filled with truth and understand truth, you'll immediately identify a lie. Most deception has a, an inkling or a spattering of truth, or it wouldn't deceive. So it's got to be attractive to deceive enough, but it's warped enough to get you off track, even by one degree. But if we know the Word of God, we're studying the Word of God, and we understand it, we'll immediately understand a counterfeit when it's presented to us. Test all spirits. Test all knowledge and information. Please, please test it. So the devil's trying to bring some lies in. Secondly, he's an accuser. Many of us are willing to listen to the accusations against us. You're such a loser. God can't use you. God can't work with you. There you are again. So, so stubborn. So prideful. So he's accusing. He's accusing. 
And the Spirit of God doesn't accuse. The Spirit of God convicts by truth, and what he's going to do is tell you who you are in Christ, not who you fail to be in yourself. Somebody write that down at home. Put it on your wall. Get a piece of chalk. Do something. Liar. He's an accuser. And another thing that Paul talks about is the doctrine of demons. False doctrine. In other words, he wants to propagate a false image of God. Remember, in Isaiah, it's said that he was a covering cherub before the throne of God. All the pipes and instruments were in him and all the stones. And so what he did is he bore reference to God. He reflected his glory and he brought the worship of the people unto God. So he's good at revealing who God is. So what he does is he twists it to deceive doctrines of demons. So many of us have false concepts of God. Many of us have false concepts of what's happening even now, what God's allowing, what he's not allowing. Some of you can't handle the sovereignty of God. And so what I'm telling you is, who told you that? I I believe that in this hour, you are going to have to go through your theology and your doctrine and get it aligned with the apostles' doctrine, not the devil's doctrine. They studied the apostles' doctrine. Watch out for the accusing thoughts. And please be sure you're paying attention to lies. Now, that's the voice of Satan that we have to really cloud out and barricade away from. The second is the world. We're, we're, I mean, we're being bombarded by the world, aren't we? COVID-19, COVID-19, COVID-19. You wouldn't think that there was any other news or anything else happening. Well, I guess there's not. Everybody's in their home. Streets are empty. But there's information that you're drawing from, from the world. First of all, the Bible calls it worldliness. There is a system in place over this world that we are within a culture. There are certain cultural mandates and cultural mores or ethics. The cultural ethics we used to be able to impact with are gone as far as the church's impact. Now there's a worldliness to where there's rampant immorality sexually. There's a distortion to sexuality and gender identity. There's a distortion to language. I don't know how many Christians I'm hearing cussing more and more and swearing more and more, and and they think, well, that's just the language of my culture. Yeah, it's the language of your culture, and it's disrespectful. It holds no dignity to God. I mean, you know, animals play in the dirt, too. Why don't you go roll in the mud? So let's walk in a dignity of who you are, sons of God, priests of the Most High. You speak blessing, not cursing. And so let's watch out for the worldliness that's invading our hearts. Those are voices. Who told you? that you should act that way? Who told you to behave in such an immoral way? We're not to do that. Secondly, there's social pressures, right? Tolerance. We're to have tolerance for everything. If you're not tolerant, you're a hater. That's the language. I hate sin, but I'm to love the sinner, and I will do that, but the sinner is going to call you a hater. And so there's a political correctness that's out there. There's a voice that keeps changing our language. And if you're not aware of how this language is changing, it's no longer abortion, it's pro-choice. 
It's not a baby, it's a fetus. It's changing the language. It's not sexual orientation, it's gender identity. All of these things are changing the, the verbiage and the social pressure. And if you're not aware of it, if you're not paying attention, you're conforming to the patterns of this world. And Paul says that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds from the patterns of social pressure and worldliness. And so what that takes, that transformation, is your mind to be renewed. You've got to get in the Word and get into prayer. And last of all, news and information. It's shaping what you believe. Many people are in such a state of fear and panic right now because 24-7 they're trying to keep up with it, trying to keep up with it. If they hear someone knocking at their door, they think it's the devil or they think it's the virus. Could be UPS. <laughs> they're still working. Shout out to Dave. Anyway, world, worldliness, watch out. The news the information, the social pressures, the worldliness. You get your news, you get your revelation, your information from God. Understand the times, yes, but discern what the word of the Lord says to do. So the devil, the world, and last of all, ourselves. This is the hardest one. And you need to discern between the devil accusing or lying or the doctrines and false religion. You need to discern between a worldly message keep coming to you, and the problem with your own self. Self-focus. There's, there's a, a parameters in this thing that are both extremes. There's the extreme of self-loathing. Can I get an amen on that? How many of you are in the self-loathing category? I mean, you can cut and slice yourself up over and over. You are so good at doing such damage to your psyche. You are the worst thing that is lower than a worm. And God redeemed you. Yet you keep going back to that. And then we have the other spectrum, the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> right? And, and, and those are the narcissists. You are God's gift to planet Earth. You can do no wrong. You are awesome and amazing. You sing better than anybody else can sing. You're more critical about everyone else. You can run the country better than everybody. You're a professional critic. And so we've got a real problem between those extremes, don't we? And so you've got to be careful as to what we're doing. Who are you listening to? Who told you that? It's a great question if it has to deal with the devil. Who told you that, the devil? Who told you that, the world? Who told you that, you? So we really need to get a good understanding of ourselves. Many of us beat ourselves up with our past. Past performance, past performance, past performance. You know, grace doesn't care about past performance. Grace is just based on the goodness of God to you. It's not based on performance. God loves you because he knows who you are in him and what you're becoming. Your past is gone, covered by the blood. And some of you keep going over it and over it and over it to destroy yourself, to shrivel yourself, to shrink yourself. You go over your past vices and past issues, your past dysfunctions. We're continually blaming our mom and our dad. We're, we're, we're blaming that guy that did that to me. At some point, you've got to say enough is enough. 
The cross has made a distinction between my past and who I am in Christ. It's over. Does the blood clean or doesn't it? And that brings us to the last question, sin. We beat ourselves up over sin. We think as our sin and we failed God that he, he walks away. Remember, God's the one who came to them. God's the one coming in the garden to bless. Do you think God didn't know the cataclysmic shift that took place in his creation as soon as they ate that fruit? You don't think he was aware of that moment? That's why he came rushing to them. Because when sin happened, the Spirit of God rushes to his children. He doesn't turn his back and run away. He did that once with Jesus Christ who bore all our sins and he had to turn away so that his wrath could be poured out. But when Adam and Eve had sinned, the Spirit of God came rushing in the cool of the day to meet them and to rescue them. And this is the problem. When he said, who told you that? When he asked, who told you that? Because, listen, that's exactly what the devil was doing, speaking lies to them. He said, I was naked and afraid of you. Now, wait a minute. At the end of chapter 2, it says, God had created Adam and Eve. They were both naked and not what? Ashamed. They were not ashamed. Well, there's only two humans on the planet. They're both naked. And they're cool with it. Right? So, who... Who, what would nakedness mean to Eve or to Adam? Nothing. Do you think the birds and the animals went, ah, ooh, right? Can't look at their nakedness. No. Who would they be naked to? There's only one that they would be naked to. That is God. Who told you you were naked? In other words, who told you that it would be broken between you and I. That's the story we don't get in this verse. But it was obviously there because he said he deceived them. Oh, you'll be like God. Oh, he's not telling you everything. They eat it and then they realize they're naked. So who told them they were naked and now? He had to come in and accuse. Isn't it like the enemy? He, he titillates, he taunts, he tempts into sin. The minute you fall into it, he pulls a 180 on you and he accuses, accuses, accuses. How many of you have felt that? Oh my gosh. And that's what he did here. He must have went to Adam and Eve and he said, oh, now you did it, now you did it. Everything has fallen, everything is broken. You are uncovered before God. God is going to hate you. God is going to despise you. God is going to reject you. You're naked, uncovered. But what did God do? He came rushing in like the mighty wind. He came rushing in in the ruach of the day, in the cool. He came rushing to them and said, where are you? Where are you? Like a father who runs for his children who are hiding and afraid. Where are you? And they were afraid because they listened to too many wrong voices. He said, well, we were afraid because we're naked. Who told you that? God didn't tell them that. God didn't tell them that. God told them what the consequences of that was. 
But then what did he do? He covered them. Covered their shame. Who told you that? One of the most common phrases with Jesus is, but I tell you this. Religion tells you that. The Pharisees condemn you. Condemn you. The law condemns you. But I tell you. You see, there was a day when the Word came walking on this planet once again. The Word came in like a rushing wind. And that anointing came upon Him and He came forth telling everyone, but I tell you who you are. I tell you, you're my bride. I tell you, you're my chosen one. You are my elect. You are my beloved in whom I'm well pleased. I love you. What have I told you about who you are? What have I told you about sin? That my grace covers a multitude of sins. That if you confess your sin, I am faithful, that's his character, and just, that's his legal action, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He's personal, and yet he has completely legally adopted you as his own. He will never, what have I told you? I'll never forsake you. And he proved that in the garden when the devil had convinced them they were so naked you better hide. He came and he said, come here, let me cover you. Here are the consequences of what you've done. But I've got your back, I'm covering you. And there is a plan in place for me to rescue you and all who are progenerated from you. So why would we neglect such a sweet voice? A voice of one who's calling to us. What have I told you? What have I showed you? What have I demonstrated to you? What have I given to you? I died on the cross to demonstrate my love. I have been there for you over and over. I will rescue you. I will keep you. I will provide for you. Call me your provider. Call me your healer. Call me your savior. Call me your Lord. Call me your banner of love. Call on me. And this is what God's doing in this hour. And so I have to ask the question, who told you that? When you're depressed and you're anxious and you think there's no hope, who told you that? When you think that God has forsaken you and won't pay attention to you, who told you that? God is looking for you to learn to discern, learn to discern what voices you're listening to. Identify them quickly. Is it the devil? Is it an accuser? Is it a lie? Is it the world? Is it false information? Is it yourself condemning and looking at the past? Or is it the word of the Lord who will cover you, cleanse you, and always keep you in fellowship with him? This is what God is doing in this hour. Fight to get your identity right. Fight to get your identity right. And so who are you listening to? I conclude with this. I believe without a, beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is pulling his church in for the finest hour. He, he's, he's even doing it. I, I thank God for this media. But he's bringing you back to your house, to your family unit, even unto yourself, so you are shut in with God in a secret place. It's you and him. It's you and him. Because he's recharging you, he's refueling you, and he's teaching you who to listen to.
who to listen to because he is going to be releasing his church in just a few months. And I'm telling you, the explosion of grace that is going to pour out of the church and the pneuma or the power of the spirit that is going to be released is going to be like none other. Already things are happening by the church around the world because we're, we're spending more time getting our information from him and we're spending more time in the realm of the spirit and in the heavenlies than we are on the earth. But he's going to release us into the earth. And so I have to close with this. Who told you that? See, I can stand on the word of God and I can say, God told me that. <laughs> That's how you resist the devil and he will flee. The devil tempted Jesus over and over and he spoke the word of God that resisted the devil and he had to flee. So, the question is, when something comes in your mind, in your heart, ask yourself this, who told me that? And did it come from the Lord? Because he says, I tell you, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And my grace is sufficient for all your needs. Let's close in prayer. God, you are so, so good. So good. I speak to marriages right now that have been troubled. And I ask that one question to your marriage. Who told you that? Who told you that she did that or that she feels that way? Who told you that he has been saying those things or doing those things? We create images in our mind and heart. Begin to ask the questions. Who told me that? What did God say about your marriage? What does God say about your family? What does God say about forgiveness and restoration? such an anointing in this place today. There's such an anointing of God's Spirit. There's a crisis in the land, but grace is falling like rain to His church. Receive it. Pour into your children. Pour into your mate. Pour into each other. Encourage one another. Write letters, text, call. Stay close to Jesus.